Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. My name is Osoy Cardona with Ali Matu. Hey. Lauren Keller. Hey. <laughs> Laura Taylor. Hey, guys. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, Laura, we're so close. <laughs> no. To three feet. No. I, I lo- there's so many examples of the three of us doing something stupid and Lara just will not take part. I, 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 I like that a lot. All right. So I, I am my own person, people. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Even like though it. I'm also Josue and Josue is me. Pretty much the same person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Today, I want to talk about grief. Um, a few people have mentioned it to me recently and it, it reminded me of... Um, my, my uncle passed away two years ago and it was my, my father's brother. And I remember him, uh, having this moment with me where it was, it was right around the time that, um, Lara and I were writing book chapters for Travis Langley's books and they were coming out. So my dad thought of me as like this person who was writing book chapters, (laughs) I was an author to him at the time. So it was like, you're writing books now. Could you, could you please write a book? about how to deal with someone's death because they don't teach you how to do that. And, and I think that that would be really helpful. And he, he didn't say like, I need help or anything, but that was his way of, of putting it out there. And that, that moment has stayed with me for a really, really long time. And when I, I was thinking about the context of, of the show and how media can play a role in that, I was having difficulty coming up with positive um, examples or helpful examples in media of how to deal with grief, positive representations of that. And and recently when we, when Lara and I did um, a discussion of Thor Ragnarok, I remember something that bothered me about the movie was the fact that Thor had just gone through so many losses. And the effect on him apparently in the movie was that he became a stand-up comedian. And that that kind of bothered me a lot. And I don't know, that's like an example that I had, um, like the only recent example that I can think of up until actually earlier today when I started playing God of War, which actually Mm -hmm. opens up with um, a father and a son dealing with the loss of of a wife and a mother, which I think was pretty, pretty timely. Um, So I want to turn it over to you guys to see. What comes to mind regarding this topic? If there, if you can think of any representations in media that have, um, that you think are either good or really bad portrayals of of grief, like my example of, of Thor Ragnarok, or if there was any piece of media in particular that ha- that helped you in the past or continues to help you to deal with a a loss or, or uh, throughout the grief process. I guess I can start. You mentioned Travis Langley's books and in uh, Supernatural Psychology. I wrote a chapter on the death of the Winchester's parents um, Mm. and the effect of that on children. That's something near and dear to my heart since I lost my mom when I was 12. And I think what you say about bad representations of grief and like Thor Ragnarok not representing things well, I think is more of a you didn't like the way he was expressing his grief and maybe it wasn't true to the character necessarily. But I think one of the takeaways when I was doing research and when I was watching the show Supernatural and and writing the chapter and reflecting on my own experience is that no two people grieve the same way and there's no right or wrong way to grieve. I mean, there are unhealthy ways and we can go into that uh, list of like, 
using drugs, alcohol, hurting yourself, those kinds of things. But any representation of grief on on television or in comics or in video games or whatever, there's no two people that are going to grieve the same way. So it's going to be different for everybody. And I think I can't think of specific examples of things I thought people did really well when creating content that, that has grief. But I know that there are so many out there that have hit me on like a physical and, and like guttural level. Like there are shows that wreck me. Actually, I think Steven Universe is one of the ones that, yeah. that gets me. Yay. Laura, I was thinking about you with this question um, and Steven Universe. I know how much you've mentioned that, that sometimes watching it can be hard in a, in a good way. Right. Um, which almost sounds like that could be a song from Steven Universe. Um, strong in the real way, I guess. Let's go with that. Um, <laughs> so I, I think often about you and about your story and your experience when I'm watching Steven Universe. And I, I think that's that's the thing for me about representation of grief in and loss and growth, because um, I think all of those things uh, can be related and sometimes trauma. Um, can be related is um, having those themes expressed in stories and creating opportunities for us to either feel and understand some of those emotions or having those moments in shows where it creates an opportunity to start a discussion. Um, there's three that come to my mind. I, I have a long list, but I'll only bring up three very quickly. And before you do that, I, I'm glad that you brought up trauma and, and growth. I think that particularly on this show and maybe in, in our circles, we talk a lot about post-traumatic stress disorder and post-traumatic growth. And we talk about trauma, but I think, I don't think they're the same thing, right? We talk a lot about trauma and, and post-traumatic growth, but not that grieving process immediately after something happens. No. So I'm glad you made, you know, you, you brought up that distinction. No, and it's it's complicated. As Laura said, it's it's not the same for any one person. I remember a supervisor of mine uh, in grad school told me, one of our jobs in the immediate aftermath of a loss is to help the person to be in whatever emotional state they want to be in. And sometimes that does mean talking about it. Sometimes that means playing basketball and not thinking about it and getting through the immediate aftermath of the next few days. And no two people are going to respond to that the same way. Um, there's three from my life that really stick out that I've gone, um, at different points in my life have resonated in, in different ways. One is Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. And, uh, spoiler alert for a very old movie, um, Spock dies in that movie and he dies sacrificing himself for the crew of the Enterprise. I know, I know. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's. Lauren just started watching Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> just did. ruined everything, Mr. Spock. <laughs> Don't worry. There's Star Trek 2, the search for, or Star Trek 3, the search for Spock. So if you miss him, just watch the next movie. How many times uh, do we watch Spock die? Quite a few. Oh, yeah, a, f a few <laughs> times. Um, and once he just lost his brain, someone, these aliens just took his brains away. Um, one of the best, worst episodes of Star Trek. But I saw that movie when I was a kid, and it was probably one of the first times where I saw a character that I love die. And um, that sat with me for a while. I don't know if I talked to anyone in my family about it or, or what what happened in the immediate aftermath of that. I was pretty young when I saw it, but it did bring up the topic of, of death 
Um, and it made me think about that. The other two that come to my mind are um, Battlestar Galactica, the reboot. Um, I won't I won't spoil this one, uh, but there is a character who uh, takes their own life in um, in the show. There's a character that dies by suicide, and that happened. Pro- uh, that aired, uh, I would say pretty soon after my brother died by suicide um i don't know if it was the same year or the next year and for me it was incredibly validating to see that type of death shown in a tv show that i love and to see characters struggling in the aftermath of trying to make sense of that in the way that i was um so that really it it was just incredibly validating for me and I didn't bring that up with my friends whom I was watching Battlestar Galactica with until months later but I did eventually and that led to a discussion and then the last one I want to say is uh, just Batman in general has been a huge source of support for me um, especially after my ba- uh, my brother died uh, one of the qualities of post-traumatic growth when people um, when their lives are seismically changed in some way, and and from the struggle with that, they they grow, they change, they develop a new appreciation for life, or they go in a different direction, all that kind of stuff. Um, Batman's story is one of post traumatic growth, and um, one of the things that can lead people to grow from trauma is just hearing stories of growth and hearing that it's possible to grow from a loss and to uh, learn and improve and get better. And I think Batman's story shows that. So those are some of the pieces of media that have just really stuck out to me when it comes to grief. Yeah, I don't remember any Batman stories. I mean, there are so many, but I don't remember any that focused on him as a child immediately after the death of his parents. Like we're all familiar with him as an adult, and some stories uh, kind of deal with him. Gotham. Uh, so does Gotham? Does Gotham yeah. deal, or how much after the first season is dealing with the investigation into their murders? And so, deal- so it just, so happened? It just happened. Yeah. Okay, and I, I would say Batman Begins. It doesn't doesn't deal too much with the after aftermath, but it's the closest of the films that gets to that immediate impact it's like 10 years after i mean is is the grieving process something that's quick is it the immediate aftermath or can it can it last for years it can it can last for years it can definitely (laughs) last for years. i mean the research on death by suicide is um, about five years before people really talk about it and that's just beginning to talk about what happened so you, you think about the murder, uh, you think about a character like Batman and um, your parents being murdered in front of you. I mean, that is a complicated grief right there. Um, and that is going to be a very long process of, of healing. I mean, come on. We watched Batman versus Superman and just the mention of his mother's name. Martha. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, to bring some levity to it but no really it 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 triggered something in him and he was like wait what why did you say that name like it it brings things up um when Ali was speaking I was thinking about what examples I actually did have and I came up with a couple um the one for me is Lion King um I love Disney movies my mom loved Disney movies and Mm. 
that hits me a couple of ways. I think it's just a good movie in general. Um, but it's the best. It is the best. It's my favorite. It. And I don't know if the reasons I'm about to give without those, whether it would be my favorite, but I really think it would be because it's the best. Um, <laughs> it was my the last Disney movie that my mom saw before she died. Um, and I remember how much she loved it. And it was a, a way we connected in singing the songs together. But then also, every time I watch it, and I watch this movie all the time, and you would think that like I would have a hard time watching it. But even now, I am I'm very much an adult and I am like it's like twenty something years down the line. The aftermath. It's not even the the long live the king scene with with Mufasa falling. It's the aftermath after when he's like, Somebody help and I hear the music and I just cry. <laughs> and I've gone through twenty something years of, of grieving and dealing with it. And it'll bring me right back there in a good way. And then we get into like Hakuna Matata and I'm all good again. Um, (laughs) But it's remembering the good times and then also watching a kid go through that experience. I think that those are the the stories that hit me the most are the the watching a kid go through what I went through. Man, now now that I think about it, right, like Simba's wallowing for like, five minutes in the movie before they go into Kuna Matata and then he grows up. He's all happy and dancing on the... But then he still has to deal with it. So when when I see a Kuna Matata now as an adult, I'm... The way I see it is this poor kid is trying to cope with and escape the pain that he's experiencing. That's a Kuna Matata to me is, you know, uh, don't worry. Um, just like live here, like enjoy life and, uh, just be away from all that crud he just experienced. Guys, I'm having all kinds of personal insights right now that I'm not necessarily going to go to on the pod, <laughs> go through on the podcast, yeah. but I would, I would love to talk about it later. Um, but, uh, it's so be an good. after show so special good. for patrons only. Patrons only get to oh, hear my do. therapeutic process. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! No, I just had some things click, and it's it's really good. It's really good. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. My mind is racing too. I started saying like I don't have a list, and as you guys are speaking, I'm like, oh, I've got a list. I've got a long list. <laughs> oh shit, I got a list. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> I I mean, the only other one that I can think of is uh, off the top of my head that I think handled things actually really well um, is Orphan Black. I love yes. that show. Um, yes. It's amazing. And there's so many instances that you can can click with. Um, di- so many characters die in so many different ways. And um, Josue has not watched the last season, if I'm correct. I haven't finished the last season. No. Okay. No. Okay. So I will so keep watch it, it. I will watch keep it, it very vague. <laughs> and I will say that a character that I really liked and connected with in the last season dies. Oh no, Cosima. Oh no. I, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> don't say, don't I'm confirm not, or deny I'm not, say, I'm not confirming yeah. or denying which character it is, but I think that they show several different ways of the group and how they deal with this character's death. You, that could be said about different characters. I mean, your first episode of Orphan Black is... A suicide yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that causes all kinds of 
things for all kinds of people and you deal with how that affected them. This show is brilliant and I love Tatiana Maslany. She's the best. I, I really wish that she was in like more things Everything. right now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> One thing I'm I'm thinking and and I'm really curious to to hear Lauren what you have to say about this coming at it. I mean I don't know if you I'm, I'm assuming you're going to bring up some video game examples. <laughs> like, <laughs> just <laughs> just a few. <laughs> yeah, uh, the idea of like how it's represented in media, right? Because I mentioned a few examples where the grieving process wasn't shown. I don't necessarily think that showing someone grieving is good TV, right? In some series, right? Probably in movies, it's a lot harder to to pull off. Although, I mean, there there are tons of dramas that that do deal with this. But then to have a show that can really flesh it out, right, and and show that over the course of a very long period of time, like in, like you mentioned, Steven Universe, like it pops up, right, like in episode mm-hmm. thirty, and then episode fifty, and then episode seventy, right? Like there, there are still things that he's dealing with. Like I was thinking of uh, Buffy season six, where she goes through a lot. I'm not even talking about like when her mom dies. I'm, I mean, like when like she comes back to life, and she's like in this in this process, um, like she lost something, and then mm-hmm. it isn't until like six episodes later, like she's you can see that she's not well for six episodes. And then on the sixth episode, she finally opens up and talks about it After and tells they everyone. After start singing about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Once um, more with feeling. It's the yeah, best episode. Yeah. yeah. So like, like you have to take your time <laughs> with it, right? But there's different ways. Like in, in games, you can you can play it. You can feel it. You know, we've, we've brought up examples in the past. But Lauren, what are, what's on your mind? <laughs> so I was actually going to start with a Buffy example. <laughs> Yay! Oh, I'm sorry. I, was, I stole your I was, thunder. I'm so I sorry. I was going to say, I was actually, I was going to reference when, when Buffy's mom dies. The, mm-hmm. the episode okay. is titled The Body. And I think it's yeah. a really, really good TV representation of um, lots of different types of grief. All it of takes the characters. The time to deal with it. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and yeah. It's, it's immediately after, um, you know, discovering her body. You get to see Buffy's reaction then. You get to see when... You know, when Giles shows up and then later when they're preparing for the funeral and you get to see how Willow and Xander and Anya and Tara all all handle it. And it, there's no music in the episode at the all. Whole, so it's the whole episode is, is just uh, just talking and then like, you know, body noises. <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't make sense, but I know what I mean. <laughs> I, I know what you mean too. I and anyone who's watched the episode knows what you mean. Uh, talking is also a body noise. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's basically what I meant. But um, <laughs> mouth noises. Mm. Uh, but I I always that episode is is incredibly powerful to me because I think I think it is a good example of showing the the different ways that people process. Now, of course, it is very American centralized mm-hmm. it doesn't showcase any other kinds of mourning that occur not in america but i think it is a good example but yeah i i'm really i was really glad Josue, when you said that you wanted to do this topic because this is actually really important to me and is um probably going to be what my dissertation ends up being on is video games and and death and how I I feel that video games are um, a really useful medium for exploring death and getting people to talk about it because I you know we've been have we've given a fair amount of good examples today but like honestly especially in American media we have a really 
big problem with death avoidance. We show violent death all of the time, but we don't want to talk about, you know, we don't want to talk about dying. We don't want to talk about dead people and we don't want to talk about grief and we avoid it and our media avoids it a lot. I mean, how many movies, you brought up Thor Ragnarok, um, but like how many sick action movies are like central plot points revolve around death and dying and and they never really get into grief. It's like maybe you get uh, a sad violin song and then maybe a, a long zoom in shot on a single tear and then cut to a new scene. Like, don't think about that too much. That might make you feel sad. So we better avoid it. And I think that that's super unhealthy. Uh, and it's something that I definitely advocate uh, advocate for changing. I, I want people to talk about death more. And I think media is a good way to do that. <laughs> I actually have my notebook of a bunch of <laughs> notes I've taken on this stuff. Um, so I wanted to, to share a couple of things. Um, the first being that, that we, we've mentioned this before, but grief is a process. It's not a single feeling. It's a lot of feelings in flux. And they, it's, it's a pattern and it reoccurs at different times and different things will set you off. And it, there are culturally specific features, but none of them are consistent or essential to any individual. That's uh, thoughts, judgments, feelings, imaginings, actions habits that people form, uh, traditions that we follow from various cultures, all all of that stuff, um, they show up in grief, but none of them are like, objectively, this is what grief is. It it is a process. And using that term process, it sort of shows that there is this sort of time and space element to it. You only get through the process by literally going through it and and physically moving through it in time and space. And that really reflects storytelling. A story moves through time and space. The characters do things and time passes and things change. And so I think that exploring grief and death through stories like TV shows and movies and video games is is like we got to do that. Let's do it. Oh, gosh, I'm all excited. I'm sorry. (laughs) This is like, I just want to talk about this forever. Um, As far as specifically video game examples, which, of course, I'm going to give um, the game that dragon cancer is a game about a a, a toddler getting cancer and dying. And it, it was made by his parents. And it was their grief process was creating this game. Yeah. Um, (laughs) there's lot, lots of that, but, um, even, even in games that aren't specifically addressing death, there can be ways that, that, you know, as individuals, people will tie it to, to their grief experience. Um, for example, I read a story about, uh, a guy whose dad died when he was like a young teen. And, um, a couple years later, he came across, uh, an old, Xbox game. Um, I'm blanking on the name of it, but a, a racing game. And oh, he player found two. That's the video, right? Player two. Is Maybe there's um, a video about this. Yeah, I'd believe it. Uh, I, yeah. I came across it as as text, but I, I believe that totally. Um, but anyways, this this guy found his dad's ghost in in the racing game. It saves whoever has the highest or, or the fastest speed on a track as a ghost. 
And um, he he would race against his dad, always, you know, never beating him. So it would always be there. And, and I thought that that was such a touching way to, to reconnect. Um, I read another one about another person whose mom, as they were, uh, as she was in the, the end stages of MS, was playing Animal Crossing. And it's like something that, that they had played together for a while, but the, the kids sort of like, oh, I moved on to other things. Uh, after her mom died, she went on and, and found that her mom had been sending her gifts and leaving her notes in, in the Animal Crossing game and how like how that really connected her back to her mom and made her, you know, really feel closer to her even though she was she was dead. And and I just think that those those little things that people pick up on, like that is absolutely through media. And that is why I care so much about <laughs> media matters. Like that stuff is what what I think about when when, you know, I excitedly shout and fist pump about media matters. <laughs> That's the stuff that I'm thinking about. Shut up. You're crying. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I want to mention here, too, is. You know, grief is typically associated with death, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. It's this profound sense of loss. And some of the things on my list also include uh, not death-related stuff. But um, I think about Firefly and the the loss of a cause, that this cause that you're fighting for. We see in the first episode um, that um, the browncoats, they, they lose. And the profound sense of grief we see with our main characters throughout the show at having lost this big thing that they fought for and they believed in. Or Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and how that movie is really about the loss of this relationship and the ending of a relationship and the grief related with that. Or I think about Toy Story 3. Gosh, this movie so profoundly affected me when I watched it. I was just moving from New York, uh, I was moving from DC to New York and, um, ending th- this long period of time that I spent living with my best friend and now moving to New York City and this new phase of my life beginning, that movie was so much about the ending of one phase of life, the ending of your childhood and the beginning of this next phase, and it so resonated with me. So I think grief can be something that's more than than just um, the death of, of someone that you're close to. It can be also the um, the end of an important part of your life. Or a really heavy breakup or mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. any anything. The loss of an election. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I definitely felt grief. <laughs> the loss of something you believe in or something that's care uh, that's near and dear to you or, or to your identity. There's a part yeah, a part of your identity. Oh. The loss of a show. The lo- oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like wh- you mentioned Firefly, I wasn't that hardcore into it until after it ended, but yeah, the loss of a show or like you're at the end of a season uh, uh, the final season and you're like, "But wait, what happens? Yeah, like, I want more. And well, feeling sad. I go through that every time I finish a series on Netflix. I'm like, oh, what am I going to watch next? <laughs> what happened? Laura, that makes me think of the loss of a character. And mm-hmm. how many times, for those of you who watch Game of Thrones, how many times have <gasps> you felt a profound <laughs> sense of grief when a character you love dies? Five times an episode. Yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> Except that one time when 30 characters died. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I had that happen to me for the first time really hard recently. I was watching a show. Uh, one of the main characters died, and I could not keep watching. Like I was, I was, I was not okay after that episode. And then it took me a few days. To, I was like, I was binge watching the show, and then I just stopped. And then I went back, and the next episode was actually a really good example of of everybody, all his friends and family dealing with that. Like they're. The whole episode is them packing up his stuff inside his house. And mm. and I was like, five minutes into the episode, I was like, nope, 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 nope. It took me like two weeks to get back to the show till I was Which ready. Which show was it? I don't want to say. Would it be too big of a spoiler? I don't, probably yeah. not, maybe. I don't know, but. You can tell us in the after show during yeah, the Laura's therapy yeah. session. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you after. Yeah, but it was, it, oh, yeah, it, um. It was the first time I remembered in a long time, at least, that that uh, I felt like that. I think about how I watched 12 seasons of Grey's Anatomy in a month and a half and, like, everyone dies. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Everyone dies or leaves the show. I honestly, when I, I knew an actor was leaving the show, I was like, oh, no, are they going to die? Are they going to just leave so maybe they could come back and just, oh, every every episode, something happens, and I'm like sad about it no i even if it's a character that was only on the episode on one gonna be on one episode you know it's like i really liked them i hoped they were gonna make it um you know laura this that you i just had a flash in my head of thinking about peter jennings so um peter jennings hosted nbc's or i'm sorry abc's evening news and my family and i we would always watch him every day 6 p.m. or every weekday at 6 p.m. when I was growing up and he was our evening news person there was Dan Rather Mm -hmm. on CBS Uh, what's his name on NBC with the deep voice Um, not Walter (laughs) Cronkite but I, I, I can't remember his name right now but anyways we were a Peter Jennings family and when I heard that he died I had a profound sense of loss um, this was someone who was a, felt like he was a part of our home for half an hour every day, and then he was gone. Um, and he was a real person. It was it was media, and it, that's like another, I think, another way to experience grief is when someone you have grown up watching or seeing um, passes away. You you're gonna feel that grief just as you would someone you knew more personally. I mean, going that route, we could. I mean, talk about Carrie Fisher and mm. and dealing with that and being a, a young girl that looked up to her and looked up to Princess Leia and uh, dealing with that loss. Um, it took me a while to read her book, the last one she wrote, The Princess Diarist, and reading it made me really sad at, toward the end because she talks about her mom scaring her with with health scares and mm. and taking care of herself and what she's going to do in the future and i and then she doesn't have that and then watching the last jedi and the last scene i was ever going to see of her on the big screen and how important that was and how i think that they handled it really respectfully and helped a whole nation of nerds a, a world of nerds grieve was really Amazing. So you all brought up some examples of things that helped that helped you at some point. And Lara, like right off the bat, you said like there's there's no one way to do this, right? There's mm-hmm. it's it's very different. Lauren, you mentioned right, it's a process. It's something people go through. What that process is, 
who knows it's different for everybody and you guys brought up some examples i mean i can i can tell you in in my life i've never had a friend or family member die that that i was super close to never so i've never felt that type of loss the the closest thing that i've ever had to that was i had a dog when i was little and when a dog died like that was that's still like the peak worst loss i've ever I've how ever old were you it must have been 15 or 16 yep no yeah and that was that was it pets i'm not i'm be. not minimizing yeah, i'm not exactly. minimizing any loss <laughs> yeah. like at, at at all from carrie fisher to 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 Peter Jennings to anybody, right? Like even people who weren't like really a part of our lives. Uh, I mentioned uh, recently in Fresh Off the Boat, there was uh, the main character Eddie. He's uh, he's <laughs> they have this joke where like when Tupac dies, like he is devastated. But then a few episodes later, when he 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 says he tells the family like I'm finally I th- I think I'm finally coming to terms with um, Tupac's death, and then they announce on MTV News that Biggie died. Right. And he is like, mm-hmm. like he, how he's dealing with that that whole episode, and he has this moment where he's telling them like, I didn't know Biggie, but he felt like my friend, mm-hmm. and he was with me during this really tough time um, when we were moving from DC to Florida, and I don't know, like, like I feel that loss, right? So like, I don't think I would never minimize any type of loss that anybody felt, whether it was a death or just moving away or changing schools or or losing an, uh, an actual thing, losing a job. Like there's so many different uh, ways that, that you can feel a loss. And, and so I'm just curious, like, I don't like that, that one example with my dog, I have no idea. I don't remember what happened afterwards. I don't remember how I dealt with it. I don't remember like having any sort of positive <laughs> um, experience. I just, I think I just went through the process and then, um, and here we are. But I'm, I'm curious if anything stands out for, for all of you, if you haven't mentioned it already. Well, there's so many. Um, and I, I think the most recent time I experienced grief was when Leonard Nimoy died. Um, you know, he, he, you kind of grow up as a kid believing that someone is always going to be there. And whether that's someone in your family like my brother and then losing my brother later in life or these these figures that seem larger than life which i think for some of us sometimes our our parents seem like that um or maybe it's someone we really look look up to and for me that really seemed to be uh leonard nimoy he was this wonderful character on screen and this wonderful persona off screen of someone who did pursue lots of different passions who spoke up on important issues, who was funny, who I wish was uh, like my uncle or dad or grandpa or some mixture of all of those things. And um, uh, losing him just seemed like such a shock. I, I, I described it to one of my friends and he's like, you know, that's exactly how I felt when um, George Harrison died. And I think there are these people that we look up to that we just kind of think are always going to be there. And uh, losing that was tough. And I spent a whole afternoon at work um, talking to a coworker who was also grieving the loss of Leonard Nimoy. And we just kind of did it. We cried it out. We shared our best memories. And... Um, it was a it was a tough day, but I felt really um, I was so fortunate to have him there and to be able to go through that together. Uh, I I think I mentioned this in a previous episode, but when my when my grandfather died um, a year and a half ago, 
the day that I found out, I canceled all of my plans and I stayed home and I watched um, in a row Fantasia and then Fantasia 2000 as as sort of a, a coping thing. But um, he lived in Hawaii at the time and I didn't end up going flying out there for the memorial or anything like that. So I don't I don't know. I don't know that I've fully gone through my grief process or or maybe it just it wasn't a, a particularly heavy one for me, but um, I have a little box of his ashes with me, yeah. <laughs> near me, even now. I eyeball sight right now from me. <laughs> um, so it's sort of it's sort of nice to have that physical reminder, and and have have him connected to something I care about through Fantasia and. Um, certainly helps me connect him less to Fox News, which he watched every friggin' day and drove me crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, and part of me, I'm like, I'm kind of glad that he died before the whole Bill O'Reilly fallout because he really loved Bill (laughs) (laughs) O'Reilly. And part of me, I'm like, ha, I told you he was terrible, but also like, oh, I'm glad you didn't have to witness that. (laughs) Well, uh, Lauren, you're saying, you know, I don't know if I've completely gone through that process. We we have these popular ideas of the five stages of grief and how you go through them, but that really hasn't shown through in the research. It's You can go back and forwards and anger and acceptance and then anger again, and uh, it, it's a fluid process. I There's one of the reasons why I do stuff like this podcast and why I try to be publicly geeky is it is a way for me to keep the memory of my brother alive. He introduced me to all the, he took me to my first Star Trek movie. He took me to all the stuff that made me a geek. And for me, it's a way of not avoiding those tough feelings. Um, there's days when I'm in a better place with it. And there's a day, there's days when I'm in a harder place and I just kind of want to avoid it. He goes back and forwards and inside and out. And it's, Laura, you've talked about that too on the show. Is like how sometimes it's tough, but it's a it's a good tough feeling to be reminded of of your loss. My uh, professors would present the five stages of grief more as like a it's a cycle of grief, and you can move back and forth through it. And um, it's definitely true. And I've talked several times on on the podcast. Uh, I think both with when, since you two have come on Lauren and Ali and, and many times before about how my mom really influenced me in how geeky I am and my love for everything Disney and mm. um, my love for video games. And um, there's, I, I don't think I've mentioned this since, since we've shifted to this format, but she really instilled in me something for video games that kind of has helped push me through the rest of my life. And she would tell me um, I would be having a really hard time in a game, and this is on Super Nintendo back in the day when you couldn't, I think on this one, you couldn't save your game. So I would have to, like, start all over if we turned it off. And um, I would get frustrated, and I couldn't beat a level on, I think it was Super Adventure Island. And she would tell me, well, if you can get there once... You can get there again. <laughs> um, and that's kind of how I've tried to live my life. Um, and so every time I pick up a video game controller, I think of her. And I pick up a video game tr- controller a lot. So she's always there. <laughs> that's so sweet. 
What I'm a gift. I make Lauren cry all the tears. Oh. <laughs> what a gift she gave you. And, you know, that that's the same with with other losses in my life. I've I've had grandparents die and I I always try to pull something from them that I have in my life. Not so much I mean, obviously my mom has more of an effect um and and really pushed the geekiness on me and that is why I am who I am, but there are other things from other people and I think all the geeky things I learned so much about myself through media and these relatable experiences to talk about media matters. I literally just told you guys I have I, I came up with some insights and it's because of watching things and, and reading things and playing things. Um, and so I think media does matter. We say that a lot here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing we di- we didn't talk about that I, I do want to give a shout out to <laughs> is just like cultural rituals of uh, that, that, that exist. Mm-hmm. Different cultures have different rituals and different ways of, of dealing with it. And I didn't really come to appreciate the role of, of rituals until just a few years ago. And I think that they are important. I think that they, they at least give us, I don't know your opinion is, uh, but I, I think that they give us some sort of framework to kind of, or, or be a step uh, of the process or something, right? Like they, they allow us to start somewhere. I personally hate funerals. I don't. I don't think they they don't help me at all. <laughs> hmm. um, when I have lost family members, but they, I think, I think that they're there, and I think there are different aspects of that and components, and uh, that are are helpful. So if anybody's listening, says like, I, I, don't, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't have you know that type of connection with 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 anybody or anything, and I'm I'm going through a loss. I don't know how to deal with that. I mean, we've given lots of examples, but really, like, there's an infinite number of examples. But at least there are. Again, there are these like structured rituals that exist um, in many communities that I think can be helpful. I'd actually like to do a shout out. Um, <laughs> uh, Caitlin Doty, who has a YouTube channel called Ask a Mortician, is also an author. She wrote, um, she's written two books, but the, the more recent of the two is called From Here to Eternity. And she actually goes to a bunch of different countries and looks at their like funeral and memorial rituals Hmm. uh, from different cultures. And it is really cool and it's got some beautiful illustrations in it. And I highly recommend it, especially if you are interested in learning more about the death positive movement and, and how, how addressing this stuff is important and, and makes everybody's lives a little bit better. I'm a big fan of making your own ritual either among your friends or your family. Definitely. Yeah, I, I've got, um, there's some weird ones I have just with my friends and uh, with my wife, um, and they've just kind of formed over time. But I've been thinking about this a lot this year. Uh, my brother was nine and a half years older than me, and this May I will be older than he has ever been. Um and I, I don't know how to mark that or commemorate that or remember that. Um, I know there's there's things that um, in some cultures you you remember the the death date of a relative or a loved one. And I'm not quite sure how I'm gonna commemorate this one, but it feel this feels like a like a big deal to me and I'm not quite sure what ritual to do there but it it does seem like it's something that needs uh to be 
remembered. So yeah, I don't know what kind of response that is, Josue. But uh. but but it's funny. Like I, I I never met your brother, right? But I've heard about him from you, and I don't know. Like there, I I know of the things that he loved, right?、Mm. So like, if you told me like that day, you texted me in the morning, like, man, like today's the day that like I'm older than my brother ever was. Like, I just want to play Street Fighter all day,、yeah. and, like do a tournament or something. Like that. I'd be like, that's a that's a damn good way to celebrate <laughs> your brother based on the things that I know about. Oh him, right? man, he、And、would love that. He、yeah. would have loved that, yeah. And you know, like that idea of we could we can all create a ritual too. Yeah, I I, I love that idea. Celebration, right? I use that that term、mm-hmm. for for geek therapy, right? I think I think when we celebrate stuff,、um, I think it's a it's a very powerful experience, and like celebrating the good things about something that we lost, I think usually ends up feeling better than than worse. I think. Well, it's, it, I don't think it's a universal law, but isn't it so <laughs> much about connection? Like Laura, when I think about Disneyland and what Disneyland means to you, to me, what I hear is connection,、mm-hmm. and that's what I hear Josue when you're talking about playing Street Fighter to sort of remember my brother. It's it, it is about to me Street Fighter is about connection. And it's about people, and it comes back to my brother. And I think so much of grieving is about connecting with the person you've lost or the people that you love right now. And it doesn't matter how you connect. It doesn't matter if you're sitting with someone you care about and you're watching this thing together, and you're not talking about your grief, but you're connecting with the other person. Or if you're sitting with someone and you're talking about all the stuff that's going on for you, I think the most important thing is to find a way to connect. I think I lucked out in some ways with building a ritual around my friend.、Uh, my friend James died in a motorcycle accident many years ago, and the death date is always around WonderCon,、mm. and his birthday is always around Comic Con, and、wow. he was a huge nerd. <laughs> so I always frame it as I'm living it up for him,、mm. and I am at the the mecca of of nerddom for him、oh. on that day. Sometimes some years are harder than others, and I didn't know how I was going to be able to handle, especially Comic Con being around that many people. But usually, it gives me a chance to forget about it and remember him all at the same time in in a really awesome way. And usually, I try to pick. A panel or something, because he and I didn't always like the same things. But I usually try to pick a panel that he would want to go to,、um, to go on that day,、um, which is kind of cool. And then I and then I learned something new. <laughs> Laura, I'm gonna ask you something because I I'm kind of wondering about it. But let me know if it gets a little too personal. Okay. What What do you think your mom? I I think about this question a lot with my brother. Like, what will my brother think of this world that he never got to see, where Comic Con has exploded, and the Marvel movie? We're about to get like Avengers: Infinity War, this culmination of like ten years, and all this kind of stuff. Like, I think about what my brother would think if he saw this. Like, do you ever wonder what your mom would think, seeing like all this geeky stuff just being so celebrated and so big and so amazing? I. I don't. Yeah, it's one of those things. I don't know. Like I, I don't know what she would think. I don't know what she would think about. Like I'm sure she's proud of me, but I don't know. I, I don't know. Like I don't know what's going on in her head. I think that she would love it. I think that she would be pushing me to go and do the things I'm doing and and 
and go learn all the geeky stuff and bring all the stuff back to her. I don't know if she would want to go to Comic-Con. I think <laughs> she would. <laughs> she might. I don't know. Um, but I think I think she would be amazed. And um, even if she didn't like the, the, the specific fandoms that I'm involved with, she would be so excited for me yeah. and like all about learning about it. Um, I th- so I, I think, yeah, I think that's how it, I think that's how it would be. She'd be excited for me. Yeah. I think and, the same would be true of my brother. And I, I wonder about that a lot is gosh, I wish I could just see his reaction to all of this. I wish I could be like, Hey dude, check out this cool podcast I'm on. <laughs> you know, and like <laughs> right. you know, get his reaction to that. Gosh, I oh man. I think that's what I miss the most is just being able to have those conversations and talk about this stuff. I just so wonder what he would say. And I think that conversations like this are part of that process that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think it's healthy to be able to talk about someone that you lost. Like you're both talking about super important people in your lives. And you don't sound angry. You don't sound. <laughs> We're not <laughs> blubbering. <You're bawling>. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's like it's a it's like a, wow, man. Like they would be so excited about this. I think they would love this. They would love to share that with this person. I went to. I had knew, no idea that this organization existed. Um, it's a nonprofit called Reimagine, hmm. and it's supposed to help people learn to talk about death in a healthy way and end of life issues. Um, and they had at California College of the Arts. Um, there was a a gallery opening for comics about death. Most are, are ones that I had heard of. Brian Fee's uh, Mom's Cancer. Uh, there's a couple of other ones that I can't think of off the top of my head, and I'm not going to go through a list. But I, there was also a, a, a panel, and I got to sit there and listen to these people talk about creating comics about real instances of, of, of death and grieving that they went through and, and how that process helped them. And it was really powerful. And I really wish, I don't think anyone recorded it, but mm. it, it was a really cool experience to hear them talk about how in their grieving process, they were really hard on themselves about what they did. But writing comics and looking at a character at themselves as a character, they could be more forgiving of the character in the comic than they could be of themselves. Um, and it helped them forgive themselves for the things that they did um, and said and the would haves and the could haves. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Finding another way to sort of externally, th- like doing it from a third person. Yeah. 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 And there was conversation about how comics are set up to be a, the like perfect way to talk about death more so than, than prose. I think Brian Fees said last night that one drawing that he did of his mom could say more than 5,000 words of prose. Mm. Um, it communicated more about the experience of watching his mom go through chemo and, and watching her health diminish than, than a book alone could do. So that was a super powerful. I, I totally agree with you, Laura. There's um, a graphic novel I read called Years of the Elephant, which is about a father mourning the um, death of his son by suicide. There's some there's some panels in that book that communicate ideas that are really hard to write. And uh, I, I found that book so validating 
um, and just gave me a way of understanding what I was going through that I couldn't quite have in a discussion or in a um, in something that was uh, written out. Um, there's something about that graphic memoir or that the graphic format that is just um, different. Mm-hmm. There are two panels that I that I've used in a lot of presentations. One is of Batman hugging his son Damien, and then there's another panel from later on in the series where he's hugging basically Damien's clothes, and it's the mm-hmm. same exact position, mm-hmm. but because Damien died uh, in in the in the comics mm-hmm. and it's like I always put that like I put it I put up the, the thing and I usually say like I don't I don't need to describe what what's happening here I don't need to describe the feeling because it's it's there and it hits you more gutturally than like it hits you so hard compared to reading it like if you read yeah. the words that yeah. he was hugging his son yeah. And then he hugged yeah. his clothes the same or way. Or how he you felt. Hugged. Like you don't, you don't need a description of how he felt. No. Yeah. And you can project yourself onto it more. And video games, I think, are going to make, um, like, I'm starting to see strides. Like, I've mm-hmm. mentioned Brothers, uh, Tale of Two Sons. Like, you feel loss. And mm-hmm. you also feel, like, you feel stuff in that game. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and there's a, a recent mobile game, which is actually our GT Book Club for the month. That is a Patreon exclusive, uh, which is called Florence. And that game made allowed me to play in a way that made me feel things. And seeing that more and more often now in video games, I think I think that's, like, a whole other, mm-hmm. other level of it, to be able to experience a feeling like I'm not even talking about VR and empathy and things like that. Like Arkham VR, I know you. I, through, I thought you were going to bring that oh, up. Man, you play through the murder of <laughs> Bruce's parents, and it is messed up is, the way it does that it. Is tough. Oh man, right? But and I don't even mean that. I mean like playing through the feelings, through the like that made me feel the emotions. But again, something is is like Florence is simple, but at the same time, it's it's incredible the things that it does with just like swiping the screen and and how you feel actual emotions. I think. We should we should do a whole episode in the future just exploring like the different ways that that can happen. Does that sound like a good idea, Lauren? <laughs> you can't see me, but I'm excitedly rubbing my hands together. I can't wait to see how God of War handles. I've only played a f- like a, like an hour or so. Yeah, maybe me too. An hour and a me half, too. but I I cannot wait to see how the rest of it goes. Yeah, um, because it's literally the journey of saying goodbye. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who knows? They could twist it later on and it becomes something completely different. But I think the way it's set up is set up to be beautiful. You know, as someone who knows nothing about God of War, that is not what I would think when I hear the title (laughs) God of War. That's just not what comes to mind. It's actually titled Dad of War. (laughs) It's a totally different game. People in the know like to call it Dad of War. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, lots of ideas have have come up, I think. um, and And I... I, I want to start wrapping up. Yeah. Let's dip into the question queue. Question uh, we queue. We got one question. Okay. Yep. Yay. Yeah. We got one question uh, today. I hope, I'm hoping at least one of you can help answer it. <laughs> Becky, use our form at geektherapy.com slash QQ, just like you can. And Becky wrote in, I am a mental, I'm a clinical mental health counselor in training, and I enjoy using pop culture and geek references in my counseling, particularly with young adult clients. I personally enjoy anime. Are there any anime that you feel display the concept of grief particularly well in the storyline? Yes. <laughs> kill the kill. <laughs> kill the kill? Okay. I think kill the kill goes into uh, the main character's grief over her father being murdered and how it starts off the whole adventure of her trying to 
find the other uh, scissor blade. <laughs> it gets really wild. Also, that anime is just really fun, and I recommend watching it because every episode escalates, and you're like, how could this possibly get any more wild? And then it does. <laughs> um, but it definitely s- circles around um, the main character sort of addressing the, the grief of losing her father and losing her innocence and um, trying to stand up for herself and mm. what that can t- take. <laughs> um, examples that I thought of were uh, Full Metal Alchemist. I was going to say that one. one. Yeah. 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 The kids lose their their mom and then they actually try to bring her back to life and it's a disaster. Mm-hmm. And it is so, so heart-wrenching. Oh, it's so hard to watch. But um, I think I think that deals with it really well. In a way... I don't know. I don't know if I agree with my own um, <laughs> thoughts on this, but like uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, Shinji loses his mom, but then like technically they cloned his mom, and then he finds out later that a character is practically a clone of his mom, and also the mom is like her soul is in one of the Avas. It's a weird show. That I lo- show I is really. M- I love it. And yeah. it's so messed up and such a mind fuck that I don't know if I would want to use that one in therapy. I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you've watched it, there's there's some stuff. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. If, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ooh, man, yeah. And uh, I think Attack on Titan, which is pretty popular, that shows a lot of loss. Like there's a, there's a lot of death there. The, the main character um, loses his parents at the beginning. Actually, all the characters and then like how it affects. How they how they act later. That's a very violent show. I don't, I don't know. What I'm mm-hmm. um, oh, anime is the best, but uh, it's a little complicated. So those are the ones that came to mind right now. We got the question right before we recorded. Any other any other anime uh, suggestions that you think might uh, deal well with loss? Oh, uh, I mean, I I'd say Gurren Lagann is also uh, pretty good, pretty good um, example for this question um, you're like hesitant like my Ava answer I'm like I think maybe I I feel that it fits but it is um, it's I, I'm pretty sure it's by the same group of people who did who later did Kill a Kill so I, mm. I was sort of hesitant to just name another <laughs> another one by Trigger but um, Gurren Logan has um, I don't know maybe a third of the way into the show uh, or maybe about a third of the way into the show, um, one of the main characters dies, and it is um, very tragic, and it becomes basically the a big part of the motivation for all of the other characters as they continue their fight against evil and the destruction of, of all of the people that they care about, and, and they re- reference this uh, deceased character as as being there you know like we're doing it for him um sort of thing and, and sort of continuing on what he believed in it, it, it's pretty touching i think yeah. i think they're both um kill a kill and gurren Logan are both pretty pretty good i guess maybe gurren Logan would be better for kids because it's about like giant mechs fighting each other because who doesn't love that um mm-hmm. kill a kill has a lot more just kill him. Uh, well <laughs> there's a it's a it's sexier. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> That's how to say it. <laughs> gotcha. Um, yeah, one more. Uh, I think Dragon Ball actually 
touches on this really well because Goku is a kid in the original Dragon Ball series, but he's raised by his grandfather, Gohan. And right at the beginning of the series, his grandfather dies. And his his grandfather gave him the four-star Dragon Ball. And that's always been like the symbol of the show. And in a way, Goku's always remembering his grandfather by having the 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 four star the four star Dragon Ball with him. It's like his favorite. And then later on, he names his son Gohan, and kind of again in 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 memory of his grandfather. I love Dragon Ball. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there is a uh, Studio Ghibli movie that that goes into grief, but. Um, I oh, don't. I, think, I don't. Damn, probably remember. all of them. No, right. I mean, I mean, when you Spirited think about away, a Spirited Away is about going to the afterlife. Ponyo, I think, might also even Oof. Totoro. I mean, there's no, it, she, the mom doesn't <laughs> have you dead, but it's... Kiki's an orphan, isn't she? Damn. Yeah. yeah. No, don't start talking about Ghibli films. Oof. Yeah. That. There you go. You opened there's, up a door. Yeah. <laughs> there's, Let's there's close a, it. Let's close it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Slam it shut. <laughs> Yes, Just mention shit. Ghibli and lock we're it. done. <laughs> yep, lock it. Uh, <laughs> this has been GT Radio. Uh, thank you for joining us. Let us know if you have any thoughts. I mean, obviously, we could go in like 10 different directions on this topic. Um, a few people have brought it up over the past couple of months. It's been something that's been on people's minds. This episode alone gave me lots of uh, ideas, lots of things to, to think about. And next week will not be uh, a regular episode. Next week is Infinity War. Infinity Wars! So, oh, 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 I'm so excited, guys. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm pretty excited. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. I'm excited. My mom's going through all the movies, like I mentioned to you last week. Today we had another one of those sessions where she was like, hey, like I have questions. All right, lay them on me. It's very good. So uh, I've just now realized that in all the promotional footage, they just keep showing the same three or four things. Which means there's mm-hmm. so much that's going to happen in the movie that we haven't yep. seen yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. What? Yep, yep, yep. And yep. they have not released the name of the next Avengers movie no. because it will spoil the movie. Yeah. It's going to be oh, called yeah. What Happens After the Death of Iron Man. <laughs> no, because it's going to be Captain America for sure. We'll find out next week. And I will cry so bad. On Geek Therapy Radio. Lauren, will you be joining us? For this episode? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to see that movie, but <laughs> I, I'll have questions. <laughs> Maybe we should do a video version where it's just the three of us talking and Lauren's like nodding her head. She's doing her homework. Eating popcorn. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's just going to be me making mail. you angry by using the wrong character names yeah. constantly. So then what did so then Wolverine the black do? Tiger. The black tiger. <laughs> so when, when does Wonder Woman show up? <laughs> Martha. I may not send you an invite for next week. (laughs) (laughs) Just come over here, Lauren. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. So definitely join us next week uh, after watching uh, Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, and people, please, please talk to us on Twitter about this episode. Specifically me, actually. Don't talk to anybody. Just talk to me. (laughs) Talk to me about this episode and how you felt and what you think and share your own Death and media stories, please, please. Send your death stuff to at Chicken Dinosaur. Yes. Not death threats, death stuff. (laughs) I mean, you know, (laughs) if they're they're funny. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, we're just introducing each other. So so then, um, what are your own Twitters? 
I'm at Josue A. Cardona. <laughs> I'm, I'm at Ali Matu. Aw, <laughs> uh, oh, man. I, I don't have one now. Oh, no. Fine, I'm my own per- You guys are doing ridiculous things. I'm going to be my own person. I am at Geek Therapist. That's right. See, it happened again. <laughs> That's hey, full circle. I- yeah. You can replay that. There's act- a moment where Laura gets very excited and then she realizes <laughs> there's none left. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. You can reach out to all of us at Geek Therapy on Twitter. If you're on Facebook, check out our Facebook community group at facebook.com slash group slash Geek Therapy. Remember that question queue is geektherapy.com slash QQ. Question queue. And I think there's going to be a lot of show notes for this one. So... If you're still with us, check out the the show notes where there'll be links to a lot of stuff that we mentioned. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye. You've just listened to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. For more about Geek Therapy and all of our podcasts, visit geektherapy.com. And for extra content, including our monthly book club and other perks, consider becoming a member of Geek Therapy on Patreon for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash geektherapy.